and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Well, hello, Jonathan. How's your week going? It's going well. Got out from under all the snow that pounded us last weekend. Uh, I know you got some up there in Raleigh as well. We did. It was, yeah, it, it was actually very well timed for us because... It, we didn't get hit like D.C. did, but it was enough to where it kind of kept us all in. And it happened on a Friday, which yes. is nice because it gives you sort of a long weekend. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, good news, the ERLC guys made it back from the Evangelicals for Life conference. Yeah, that was kind of the suspense for everybody. Um, for more than just the ERLC folks, I mean, we had a few people from... Yeah, Dan their, Drennan was up there, I saw. Yeah, Dan Drennan, um, Seth Brown, who is uh, lives here in Wake Forest, works for the Biblical Recorder, and, and was up there. And, and another couple that I know, they were up there. They got stuck. You had some Lifeway yep. friends. Drew folks Porterfield, that Todd Atkins, stuck. they were both stuck up there. So yeah. Todd was De- walking around snow-covered D.C. and Chinatown and everything and at Periscope, and it was hilarious. Yeah, so. Devin, I think Devin, Devin Maddox, was, Maddox up there too. Was, was up there, and I was really concerned that he needed to get home to his family and then found out that his wife, Kara, was up there with him. And I thought, well, goodness, that's a, yeah. it's like and a little Devin's winter vacation. Devin's parents are all here, so, you know, grandparents yeah. keeping the kids, so it, it worked out okay. So everybody made it back, though. Yeah, good, good to see, and good to see that they continued. Uh, one of their staff members, Elizabeth Graham, who's a good friend of mine, um, put something on Facebook about, you know, why why would we continue to do this uh, when we knew that a blizzard was coming? And it's because we knew how important it was uh, to stand for life because the march is still going to go on, you know. And it had a great turnout anyway for the march. So Right, right. So part of this event, the Evangelicals for Life Conference, was really to have this conversation and then to go participate in this event that hasn't maybe had a humongous um, evangelical presence and to say, we're going to participate in this. Uh, we're gonna, there, I think it's had a lot of Catholic yeah, presence Catholic there. Catholic and, and mainline presence right. as well. So speaking of right. the march itself, did you see the picture Devin posted this past weekend with who he met at the march? Kelsey Grammer. And for those of you who don't know, um, if you know Devin Maddox, he is a huge fan of the TV show Frasier, um, and, uh, which I love that show as well. Just really hilarious. And so I was so tickled for him when I saw that picture that he, you know, it, I mean, it's always fun to meet someone that you've you know seen on television or whatever, just kind of a surreal moment, but for it to be that person, for it to be Frasier, I knew that was really big. So, and then I understand Kara was taking the picture, so she got to meet him as well, and that was very cool. Yep. So, uh, and speaking of the Evangelicals for Life conference, there is a, a great recap at Baptist Press. Uh, all the information there. I had a great turnout, a great uh, conference up there, along with the March for Life, and, and a couple of extra bonus days in D.C. because of the blizzard. So, uh, yes. Jonas, Jonas helped them out with that, uh, gave them a couple of extra days off. And but I know they're all glad to be back and be back with their families uh, this week yep. once Reagan <laughs> International finally opened. Yes, another another note, which I know they had a good time and showed pictures of people sledding on the signs on and Hill. things yeah, that they had been, yeah, yeah, which is a really fun memory. But also the the pictures and uh, social media that was coming out of the worship service they yeah. had. Yeah, they had a, that had a worship very... service. Nathan Leno, pastor in uh, Houston, Texas area, was yeah. leading that. So in the in the hotel, had that a great was really crowd for that really too. I mean, a lot see. of yeah. obviously, I mean, people were pretty people much stuck. stuck. 
So go check out the recap of the Evangelicals for Life conference over at Baptist Press. We got the link here at SBC this week. Another in another great conference that took place last week. This one focusing on refugees was the GC2 Summit hosted by uh, Lifeway Research and Wheaton College up in Chicago. And uh, a great recap of that one. One of the largest, and they're trying to figure out if this was the largest North American event uh, to focus on the refugee crisis. So far, I, we haven't heard anything different than that. But uh, a great event, great turnout, some huge names, big speakers on this one. And uh, just a, a great event put on by Life Research to focus on the refugees uh, and the, the issues that, that we're trying to work through that with here in the States. Yeah, I, I was following that. Um, wish that I could have been there for that. I think just I'm very, very happy that this uh, event was happening. I think it's just a really important, important thing. I know they had the event earlier in the year and now this bigger one that, that more people could come together and uh, across denominations to say we're going to commit to this. That's not the only news we've got related to refugees. We'll talk about another uh, um article that was posted this week uh, later on in the show, but uh, uh, good to see a gospel response there to the refugee crisis coming out of Syria. On to Southern Baptist news specifically, Florida Baptists are sending an extra $500,000 to the SBC after 2015. Uh, Tommy Green will have an interview with him next week. He'll be talking about this one. Uh, That'll air on next week's podcast. Uh, But Tommy Green came in middle of the year last year. Giving was below budget for the year comes in, announces they're going to 5149. The churches respond. They give. They finished a million dollars over budgets. The first year, uh, I think, in nearly a decade that they had given an increase in giving, uh, seen an increase in giving to CP. That led them to have an extra half a million dollars to pass on to the SBC for cooperative program causes. That's really incredible and uh, great, great news. It seems like on this particular front with Florida and the cooperative program, we just continue to hear good stuff. All right. Previously on SBC this week, we had talked about the answers in Genesis court case up in Kentucky about the tax incentive, the, uh, the, the arc they're building up there. We've, we've talked about that and, uh, how that will be a great attraction, especially for, uh, churches and homeschool kids and Christian schools, every Christian school in like a five state area. will be probably trying to go to that thing. Uh, huge win this week, Amy, tell us about that one. Yeah, so they've been in a court battle for a little while about uh, this sales tax incentive program. Kentucky has this rebate incentive program that would have um, it it would have saved the ministry up to eighteen million dollars on uh, as they're building it on the construction. What uh, the Commonwealth of Kentucky, not the state of Kentucky, the Commonwealth of Kentucky said was that this uh, incentive program couldn't go to Answers in Genesis because they would use religion to discriminate uh, in, the, in hiring their employees. So they were using tax incentives to advance religion. Um, so Answers in Genesis said that the tax incentive itself is not doing anything to advance. It's, it's neutral, basically, and should, be, should apply to anyone as long as they meet the criteria. So um, the, the judge ruled this week in their favor, um, issued an injunction that the state would have to extend the incentive. So big, big 
time for them um, and also upheld their right to using this religious preference in their hiring. Um, and so they, they put a press release out this week. And I think, did I see, I believe Ken Ham maybe even did like a, I don't guess it was a periscope, but did some kind of a video thing. He was at the, at the ark uh, talking about it a little bit. I didn't get to watch it, but I saw that, that they were doing that. So um, it's basically that the incentive is basically for developers of new projects of new tourism projects that they can recover up to 25% of their development costs over a 10 year term. Um, so they would return to the developers, the state sales tax that's paid by visitors on tickets and, and different things like that. So they were estimating kind of what the rebate would be. It's not no, no taxpayer dollars are used in the construction. It's just, it's, it's a rebate down the road. Yeah. For building uh, it in Kentucky in instead of somewhere else, basically. Right. Because right. Yeah. Because the state of Kentucky knows it's going to bring tourism. It's going to bring people from all over and this thing will. Uh, right. And it'll, it'll be an economic boom for the state. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting to me that the state would even try to push this religious thing because if this is something that will bring business to the state, it's almost like they're just they were wanting to kind of have their cake and eat it too. Like we can get the get the dollars, get the people coming into our state to come to this, and we don't have to you know do the rebate. But uh, the court said that they would would need to do it. So yeah, so that's good news and uh, exciting to to see that thing opening soon. So uh, that'll it'll be exciting to see. I still, we still need to get them to bring us up there and cover it for no reason whatsoever other than just to stand yeah. in the ark. I, I still am kind of fascinated because I think there's a restaurant up in the ark with the live animals or something like that. The whole thing is kind yeah. of intriguing yeah. to me. They, they come in two by two, but they go out uh, on a plate. <laughs> yes. So, um, but uh, yet I, I, I think that's one of those things where I keep seeing videos of it and I'm going, okay, I know, I know the ark was big. But it's going to be one of those where you're going to stand there and go, wow, this thing really, I, really was I wonder big. what, I mean, I wonder where where it will be located as far as set off of the road. I mean, can you drive by on the interstate and see it? I don't know. Or on the highway or something like that. That would just be kind of a weird thing. Yeah. So, big boat. So, if it starts raining, we all just know where to go. So, you know, just. Oh, nice. Nice. So, yeah. anyway, speaking I of see water. see what you did there. Speaking of water. Uh, moving to Flint, Michigan. Uh, there's a water crisis with the uh, the water, the drinking water in Flint, and uh, Southern Baptist Disaster Relief to the rescue. Yeah, yet again in all these stories, and this one is a tough story. I, I was hearing more about it this morning. It was just really, really sad. Uh, there's a, I know it's a very uh, multi-layered issue and lots of problems at every turn, but it's nice to see um, something good in the the service of these folks with Baptist Disaster Relief, um, bringing, well, bringing tons of water. Yes, literally tons of water. You know, just goes to show disaster relief crews. It's not just whenever their natural disaster strikes. Sometimes it's things like this. And the, uh, the Southern Baptist Disaster Relief and Sin Relief, based out of NAM, uh, jumps in and comes literally to the rescue here uh, with water. Yeah, I'm always touched when I see this stuff because uh, our our friends Nathan and Leah Finn, uh, who uh, Nathan is the the dean of the mm-hmm. School of Christian Studies there at Union University, 
Um, Leah's father for uh, years and years was the, the head of Southern Baptist Disaster Relief and really did a lot of the work to, to get them where they are today. So whenever I see uh, all the great things that Southern Baptist Disaster Relief is doing all over the country um, in events like this, I, I just think about um, Dr. Phillips and the just sort of the contribution that he made uh, there, because I know it wouldn't be what it is without him. Yep, and that is the truth. And uh, once again, just so thankful for our Southern Baptist Disaster Relief and the Sin Relief Program out of NAMP. Uh, a couple other items, just a couple of housekeeping items. Uh, we talked uh, last week about the IMB, the changes in the communication staff there. Uh, there's a couple of different links out about that, kind of talking more about that. If you're interested in reading those, we've got them linked at the website. Uh, the Baptist and Reflector from Tennessee had an editorial about that, and there was also a BP article this past week about it. Uh, those links are at the website if you're interested more in the, uh, the communications team and the strategy going on at IMB. Also in uh, state Baptist paper news, uh, a letter to the editor this week in Alabama drew some critique and some uh, some fire online and uh, has gotten a pastor in Alabama uh, some TV interviews uh, for what he was uh, basically uh, denouncing the Syrian refugees. We talked about that earlier in the, uh, the GC2 summit. So the full text of that letter to the editor that kind of stirred up some things this week is online and a couple of stories about that. So you can check that out as well. Uh, tonight we're recording this during the middle of the presidential candidate debate, the Republican debate, uh, and uh, some news on that front. Uh, Al Mohler has joined the Marco Rubio Advisory Board. Yeah, um, it's it's very specific. It's an advisory board that is on the dignity of human life. So um, it's, it's helping to counsel Marco Rubio on pro-life concerns, and, and he's uh, not the only one. It's also Francis Beckwith, Ravi Zacharias, um, George, George Wood, Wood. The, basically mm -hmm. the Frank Page of the Assemblies of God. Right. Essentially, Rubio has said, I mean, he's very clear uh, on record as to where he sees this. He sees this as a human rights issue, um, very pro-life. Uh, what, he, what he wants, though, is to go ahead and establish this advisory board uh, to just help understand all of the complexities of this discussion and help us get where we need to go in it. Um, so uh, very interesting. In the same story, he's also pledged to s immediately sign a bill to defund Planned Parenthood if mm -hmm. he's elected president, you know, some, some other, some other things, but you know, this is a big deal. And so uh, the uh, Dr. Mueller being, being put on that, that, that speaks to uh, what, what he knows and, uh, has been able to share about this issue in particular. Yes, and this comes just the same week that a Planned Parenthood clinic opened in downtown Louisville just minutes uh, from the seminary there in Louisville. So uh, Dr. Moeller taking a stand for life uh, with the Rubio campaign. Yeah, same week that the Planned Parenthood has opened, but uh, there's some discussion now publicly about whether or not they actually have a license. Yeah. And the governor has been very clear that if that with, without the license, they'll shut them down and they'll, you know, go after them. The governor is also closely tied to the, the board at Southern. So I know that uh, probably uh, Dr. Moeller and uh, Dr. York more than likely uh, are probably involved in the what's going on there. So uh, we'll keep an eye out on that one. May have some more news on that next week here on the podcast. A couple of other notes here before we get to our interview with John Metter about the pastor's conference. 
Some more news this week. Uh, a, a story that had kind of gone away about a year ago, but uh, has resurfaced this week in the Washingtonian magazine uh, about uh, Sovereign Grace up in the Gaithersburg, Maryland area. Uh, now a Southern Baptist church located in Louisville. Uh, C.J. Mahaney has moved that to Louisville. Uh, we got a link there that talks about the, the newspaper. It is The article's not online yet, Amy? Uh, no, I don't think so. It's uh, it's a city magazine. Yeah, there are some articles about the article. I think you can get the uh, the article through the newsstand app on your iPad. So if you're interested in that, the links are there. And even though it's the end of January, Amy, it's already time to start talking about the SBC annual meeting and pastors conference in St. Louis this June. Here we go. Um, I tell you, it's kind of that that time of year that. Uh, we're starting to have meetings around as we prep details of things. Things have to be turned into the executive committee about travel and room reservations and uh, event, you know, needs, things like that. And uh, it almost, I mean, I know it's January, but you just think, wow, we're already here, but we are. And so uh, they, the announcement has come out this week about the pastor's conference and the um, the theme this year will be Live This. Yep. And here is our interview with the president of the Pastors Conference, John Metter. Joining us this week on SBC This Week is John Metter. John is the pastor at First Baptist Church, Euless, Texas, and the president of this year's Southern Baptist Convention Pastors Conference uh, to be held on Sunday and Monday, June 12th and 13th in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, John, thanks for joining us this week. How you doing? The theme of this year's Pastors Conference is Live This, and based around 2 Timothy 4, 5, and 6. Can you go into the, the details of you know why this passage, why this theme? Yeah, it's a very personal theme, actually, um, Jonathan. We Over the last couple of years, I've been in India quite a bit. Um, in one particular trip, I challenged the pastors in India to change the world with the gospel. Got home to my uh, guest house where I was staying, laid on the bed that night, was convicted by the Lord about the many resources I have around me uh, to change the world with the gospel with those resources when I just challenged pastors that had almost nothing to change the world and realized, you know, the gospel is such a powerful thing that pastors have got to begin to focus on and equipping their people to share in the churches. I came home a different man, and um, basically uh, I was asked to preach the Southern Baptist Convention message about uh, six months after that, asked the Lord for some insight about what he wanted me to preach, and he basically said, it's not any particular text, but you're going to live this over the next year or so, and you're going to preach this, what you live. And it happened to be that uh, I, would, I would learn to equip our people to share the gospel like never before in my experience. The live this has to do with what I've lived. Yeah, and you've got a great lineup of speakers. I know that that's always a point of discussion at the pastors' conference, and you know we've even had a, a little bit of controversy in the past and in, in years past. With this list, uh, I don't see too much controversy, so it should be a, a pretty smooth sailing for you and your your team planning it. But leading off on Sunday night with uh, James McDonald, a, a new Southern Baptist as of last year uh, at Harvest Bible Chapel in Chicago, he'll be leading us off on Sunday night. Yeah, James. James has an inc incredible portion in his book. Um, vertical church that has to do with going through hardship, difficulty. Um, he came to a point in his life where he said, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. 
And uh, kind of the history of his church has to be with everything after that, where he made a commitment to stand firm in the gospel and in preaching and staying with the Word of God. And God began to bless after that. And, Jonathan, I'm convinced that pastors are where I've been before, worn out, weary, not making a difference, knowing there's something more, uh, and yet some of them don't hold on. Some of them don't stay in the fight. So the first part of that whole text has to do with you be sober and endure hardship. So we're going to focus on that in that first section. James is going to bring great encouragement for that. And that'll move us into Monday morning and really going to do the work of the evangelist, uh, that part of the, the text that you talked about, and that's with David Platt and Byron McWilliams. Monday morning is, is about the second part of that verse, which says, do the work of the evangelist. So we're going to focus on the whole idea of what does a pastor do from the perspective of being an evangelist in the sense of knowing the gospel, equipping people in the gospel, not replacing the evangelist, but doing an evangelistic work as a pastor and equipping his people. So David Platt will come alongside to help us define the gospel very, very clearly. David, as you know, uh, has a, a unique missiological approach to the components of the gospel uh, that are true anywhere in the world. And one thing that we haven't done, Jonathan, very well, we, we know a lot of things about different theology aspects. Everybody can quote probably the TULIP uh, acronym about some of the attributes of God, but very few of us are on the same page as what is the gospel. So he's going to define what is the gospel in a very, very clear way. Uh, and that's how we'll launch that morning, so that everybody walks out of there going, we have the same message all around the world. We have the same message. We can, we can all rally around that. That's the one silo we all have to get into. That's what changes the world. And then Byron McWilliams will be joining him that morning. Byron, probably a, an unknown name to many in the Southern Baptist world out there at First Baptist Church in Odessa, Texas. That's correct. Byron was on a trip with me to India, and in a very similar way, Byron came home with that same deep conviction that we do not focus on the gospel and not. He saw some incredible things happen in his church. It's not just going to be a message from him. It's going to be a story of how God unfolded that passion for the gospel in his heart uh, and how it impacted the church, his people, his community. And um, it's a real-life thing. It's, it's not just an idea. It's not a program. It's, it's the power of the gospel unleashed in a church. And his story is phenomenal. It'll encourage pastors of all church sizes. Yeah, and that'll lead us into Jack Graham. Uh, he's pastors right down the road from you at Prestonwood, uh, right there in Plano, Texas. Well, the afternoon session has to do with fulfill your ministry, uh, and the whole idea there is the entirety of the church is um, it has the ability, if the pastor leads it well, to reach people through everything it does. Jack Graham has a long history of utilizing everything from worship ministries to evangelistic outreach to events to school um, to his regular weekly services and reaching people for Christ. And how Jack does that is, is a key to that section because so, so, often, so often we do things unto themselves. We do things because it, it helps minister to our people, but it doesn't necessarily reach people with the gospel. Jack has figured out a way to do that and impact people with the gospel powerfully. So fulfilling the ministry for him involves utilizing the entire church to impact people for Christ. And then after Jack, we've got Ed Stetzer going to be talking about some latest uh, research on what drives the most evangelistic churches out there. Ed has done that study uh, that we're beginning to hear something about. He's begun to tweet about that. 
uh, Ed shared with me that he'll he'll give some of the results of that study, uh, as Ed does so well, some great statistics, some great insights into how the top evangelistic churches in America are reaching people. And so he's going to be sharing some of that that's never been shared before. Um, and I think our pastors will really uh, be encouraged to hear some, some definite uh, components, some different activities, some definite focuses that churches are utilizing to reach people today. As you know, so many pastors are looking for ways to reach people but are struggling to find them, and Ed's going to capsulize on that study. Yeah, and then you're doing something after that I'm really excited about, because a lot of times pastors come to the pastor's conference, they, they get preached at for a while, and it's, it's edifying, it's uplifting, it's great, you learn a lot, uh, but there's not really a lot of interaction. But you're giving them the chance this time to break into smaller groups and, and interact and discuss with panelists and their peers uh, methods basically to en- en- enhance evangelistic efforts in their own communities. That's right. Uh, this is a pastor's conference to me. It's not just a preacher's conference. Of course, every pastor loves preaching. But a pastor wants to go away equipped better at the end of a conference, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to make sure these breakouts connect with pastors of various sized churches. So that the pastor of a church of 100 in attendance, for example, isn't disconnected at all from uh, a Jack Graham, who who pastors a church of 17,000. He's got to be able to meet with other pastors that are dealing with the same kind of challenges he has, and they're going to be led by panels of pastors that are there or have been there in that size church to help get them to the next level. And then to cap it off on Monday night, you got a good friend of the pod, Jimmy Scroggins, is going to be uh, preaching the Monday evening survey. Jimmy is the uh, the pastor of Family Church down there in West Palm Beach. He'll be hanging out with us here at a Lifeway trustee meeting next week. He's one of our trustees. So uh, good to see Jimmy, and uh, exciting to hear him talk about verse 6. That's correct. That last session has to do with what Paul said to Timothy. He said, you know, I've, I've fought the fight. The time of my departure is at hand. And basically, he's handing it off to Timothy. He's giving the baton handoff to the next generation. Now, this is where we really want to encourage uh, pastors that are young and old to realize that this handoff has to take place. Jimmy's doing a phenomenal job of handing off ministry to folks in his area of West Palm Beach, Florida, of different ethnic backgrounds. He's got a tremendous number of of Cuban leaders, tremendous number of uh, Latino leaders of various countries that are now living in West Palm Beach area. And he's doing a great job of handing that off. So that's part of that. Another aspect of that is handing it to the next generation when it comes to age, we want the millennials to understand that they have the tools to change the world with the gospel, and we need to hand those mater- those uh, those opportunities off to them. So that's part of what Jimmy's job is going to be to tell that story and to challenge us to hand the baton to the next generation. All right, now if uh, pastors are interested in attending and they're coming in on Sunday and Monday, uh, where can they find out more information about the conference? And and I know you've got some more information to release down uh, further on as we get closer to the conference. The website that we have will be unfolding in the way of introducing pastors, their heart, uh, what they're going to be sharing, and why they believe that God has given them a message for this cause, for this purpose. Um, So as we keep in tune with the website, you'll see it unfolding in increasing amounts of information with blog articles and posts and so forth from these pastors themselves. Yeah, and that's at sbcpc.net, and you can uh, also follow you guys over on Twitter at at sbcpastorsconf. Uh, short for conference on the end there. We've got all the links at SBC this week. Uh, John, any final thoughts about the uh, conference and, and kind of what you're looking to or hope to convey to pastors about the conference uh, as they travel to St. Louis? Yeah, I'd love to share. I'd love to share the fact that, that these pastors, I believe, will walk away with a plan. Most pastors 
need to have a plan. They need to have a plan for equipping their people to unleash them with the gospel in their communities. And uh, so many people don't have a plan. In fact, that's that's a big problem. So I think all this is going to lend itself to a pastor walking away saying, there are two or three things that I can do differently that will make a difference in my church in 2016 and years beyond that will impact the bottom line of reaching people and baptizing people for the sake of Christ. So it's going to be very practical, very hands-on, very next-generation-minded as well. And so uh, I don't I don't think this is the year you want to miss the pastor's conference or the convention. Jonathan, as you know, Ronnie Floyd's done a phenomenal job as president. Yeah. And uh, last year was a great convention in Columbus, and I think this year he's going to be building on that. And so we're anticipating some great stuff. Yeah, it should be fun. It'll be great to see you in St. Louis. Thank you again for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Yes, looking forward to it. All right. Thank you for that, Jonathan. A really great opportunity to uh, to get to hear from John Metter. And uh, as, as always, I think there's going to be a lot uh, that the Pastors Conference has to offer to those who are, are coming into town for yep. the annual meeting. Yeah, and I mentioned that in the, uh, the interview, that the breakout session, I'm really excited to see how that works out, where they're breaking out to pastor uh, and, and to have roundtables and discussions about uh, things going on due to specific size of churches. So, you know, the, the large church pastors, small church pastors, medium-sized pastors, um, those different levels, and they're going to be able to break out and talk about issues specific to that. So I love John's heart and his ideas to to have pastors come away, not just hearing preaching, but to learn something to take away that they can go back to their churches and implement. So uh, thanks again to him and his team for making that interview happen. I know he had just gotten back in the country, I think, this week, and uh, We've been emailing back and forth for a few weeks trying to get this lined up, and and they made that happen, so really appreciate that. So that's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week. This week in SBC history, Amy, blow our minds. Well, we're we're going to go back 20 years. We're going to stick with some more recent SBC history, but on a similar theme. Um, In 1996, uh, it was announced this same week that the nominee for president of that year's pastors conference would be uh, Dr. Ronnie Floyd. Well, I'll be. So, yeah. So, uh, and that would have been it, when it was, it was still First Baptist Church of Springdale. Uh, that's correct. And um, that he would be nominated, um, I guess, for the one that would meet in New Orleans that next year. Um, and Claude Thomas, pastor of First Baptist Church, Euless, Texas. Which is the church that John Metter is at right now. Fascinating. Um, And at that time, Ronnie Floyd was actually chairman of the SBC Executive Committee. Um, But this is interesting. Uh, In the quote uh, by Claude Thomas about his nomination, he said, Dr. Floyd is a man who has a heart for God. He shared with uh, the the last year, the previous pastor's conference, his life-changing pilgrimage of revival during 1995. Out of that personal revival experience, um, Dr. Floyd has begun the Awaken America rallies in cities across the country. His heart beats for revival in America and the SBC. And 20 years later, it still does. It it still does. So, um, we we kind of see now he was he was president of the executive committee or chairman of the executive committee at the time and was a very involved pastor in in SBC so certainly his you know journey didn't begin with this but in some ways here we are it's uh, we're going into his second year as president wow. um, there's been a lot of different levels of participation along the way and um, 
And it, it all, in some ways, uh, started this week in SBC history. Well, that is so cool. So cool. Um, I know he'll be uh, glad to hear that and reminisce on that. I know he listens uh, faithfully to the podcast. I get texts from him every once in a while about the podcast. So um, we, we appreciate his service and everything he's done in his two years as SBC president. And I cannot wait to see what he has in store for us in St. Louis. All right, so that brings us to the resources of the week. My resource of the week is God Dreams by Will Mancini. Had an interview with him this morning for my other podcast, Rainer on Leadership uh, with Dr. Tom Rainer. Uh, it's going to air, I think, next week or the week after. I think week after next, um, at the 12th of February. Uh, but a great interview about vision in the church and casting vision, how you lead vision, how every pastor has a vision uh, because of their calling by God. And it just, just a phenomenal interview about this book and uh, everything that it offers. You can go check it out at God Dreams. Uh, that was with a dot .ms, so G-O-D-D-R-E-A dot M-S. There's a bunch of free resources, a bunch of information about the book, uh, all the links and everything at sbcthisweek.com. But just uh, I highly recommend that. Will, great guy, and uh, had a great interview with him about that. So check out that interview when it hits on Rainer on Leadership. But also check out God Dreams by Will Mancini. Amy, your resource is? Well, I'm actually going to go with, I, I don't even know if you count this a blog series. Um, I saw that a new blog series has started at TomRainer.com. Oh, yes, um, it has. Yeah, the, the Young by Influencer a, List. By a wonderful person who is writing this and compiling these names. Well, I am very excited. and oh, I That didn't would be me, by the way. Yes, that would be you. And you didn't ask me to do this. I didn't tell you I was going to use this as my resource. Um, but I was very excited when I saw that uh, this morning. I was excited to see um, Ashlyn Portero on that mm -hmm. list. Yeah, we'll have her um, up on uh, SBC this week in a few weeks. I've got an interview scheduled with her, I think, uh, first part of uh, February. Yeah, I'm very, very excited about what she's doing uh, at City Church down in Tallahassee. It's just great to see. Uh, folks like that. So I think this is a fantastic resource. I'm very excited, and I am going to end up sending you some nominations. Well, uh, send them on. And uh, if you're yes. listening to this in SBC this week, uh, basically we, we said the qualifications were twofold. There's two qualifications, under 40 and making a kingdom difference. So it's it's pretty broad. Pretty hey, broad. I've got six months. I've got six months to make that list. Man, I, I don't know, Amy. You, you fit one of the categories. Oh, so. I kid, I kid. Yes, you, you, you may make it. Let's see. We'll see. And, um, you, you have until June. To I have put until me June to there. put you on there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No I'm pressure. Still now. under forty. No, no pressure. pressure. I'm still under forty. Just kidding. Not asking for that. I will send you some nominations, though. We well, gotta have to celebrate your fortieth birthday in St. Louis, then. Ooh. Me and Lizette will have to make some plans. I'm not sure I trust that. that. Not sure I trust that. Karaoke but. with Amy Whitfield. Nice. Yeah. I know you're a karaoke fan, so. Mm. Moving on. Moving on. All right. Well. Yes. Uh, well, that's going to do it for us this week here on SPC this week. Thanks again for uh, downloading us and and checking us out every week. Uh, go and give us a review and a rating over at iTunes. We really appreciate that. Uh, we don't have very many of those, so everyone will help. And uh, we appreciate any ratings and reviews you can give over at iTunes. Subscribe over there as well, or in your favorite podcasting app. Amy, you have anything else to add? Um, if anybody has free time over the weekend, check out the Go Conference. That's right. That's streaming this weekend. How about a goconference.com or yeah, sevits.edu slash go? 
Yes. Okay. Yes. Thegoconference.com. Thegoconference.com. So we'll put links yes. and everything on that. Stream that. I watched some of that last year. Fantastic stuff coming from Southeastern. Uh, be what Friday and all day Saturday. Yes. Great lineup. Um, of course, Danny Aiken. Yeah, Tony uh, Marita. David, yep. Platt. Tony Marita. David Platt. Afshin Ziafat. Um, it's going to be really good stuff. So. Okay. Tune so in. yeah, be sure to check that out. And uh, on that note, we will see you next week. See you next week.